This is Vena and Vita and you're listening to Tishkos in Tanzania. Our desire is to share our experience as missionaries overseas with you all. We hope you get the chance to hear what Jesus is doing and to be encouraged by the work of the body of Christ in another part of the world. We pray our voice will rise up a missionary heart in you to serve the Lord and people wherever you are located. So we have on our podcast today, Vitaly Dudko, he's a missionary, and um, just want him to share a little bit about what he's doing here, how God led him here, and um, just share some testimonies from a recent crusade that he went to in Burundi. So yeah, why don't you introduce yourself, Vito, we call him Vito. Uh, my name is Vito Dudko. I'm 19 years old. Uh, I got saved around two or three years ago. Wow. And yeah, one thing, what I got saved from was I was a huge Pharisee. I was the one who went to church a lot, who would be judging everybody else, thought I was all righteous. Um, but then God completely stopped me in my tracks and he showed me that I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. And without him, I need, um, I'm nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I wanted always to do something for God. I always wanted to be a missionary. My dream was always to go to Africa to serve God, to do His will, not my will. Because I even looked at people from church. They get married, they get baptized, and then they just stop. At least in the Slavic community, they just stop Mm -hmm. everything. But that didn't really attract me at all. That actually pushed me away further. So that's one thing that motivated me to go closer to God was because you see everybody else and it's easy for everybody to buy a car. It's easy for everybody to buy a house. Mm-hmm. but not a lot of people they go um give their lives fully to god yeah. they don't fully serve him and that was that's one thing that attracted me because nobody else was doing that mm-hmm. so that's one thing that pushed me towards god and to go to africa and to be a missionary here that's cool yeah and one thing the one sign though for from god to come here was that Sasha Pankratov, he helped me a lot to come here. He talked to Victor about it. Because I want to stay at our church and help out our youth because our youth is not really the best right now. It's struggling a lot. And I want to stay and help them where I want to go to Africa. And Sasha helped me to clear that question out. And from that, I went to Africa. And for the first time last year, it was three months. And that was an amazing experience from the crusade in Ethiopia to going to house visits to going to the babies' orphanages. That opened up my eyes a lot. Yeah. So why Africa? Um, I don't know. I always had visions of me going to Africa. Always preaching at crusades, preaching like in the villages and stuff. And I wanted to capture that vision, actually fulfill it, and mm-hmm. let it come alive. That's cool. What's yeah. your What's your commitment? Um, how long? Or yeah. Um, as long as God wants me to be here. It's all in his schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just staying here as long as he wants me to stay here. Yeah, probably forever, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Praise God for people like you, you know, who have a heart yeah, to come here. To God. Especially on you know, the testimony, you've seen the difference where you got, where God brought you from and where he's yeah. leading you. And, you know, for people who don't know, you know, once me and Vito leave, Vito is the, you know, the guy in charge here. He's the leader of the team. So, you know, just always keep him in your prayers and the team as they're, you know, going to be serving in ministry, it's not easy, never easy. Pray for wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so important question. 
What do you do when we're gone? <laughs> Be honest. Um, we go to the beach a lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's kidding. We do all the ministry. We do house visits a lot. We do. We go to the baby's orphanage, to the kids' orphanage, and we go preaching at churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we do a lot of ministry. And, okay, that's awesome. But what's yeah. your favorite ministry? Um, baby's orphanage and house visits. And why is that your favorite? Baby's orphanage because you have this opportunity to hold these babies, to pray for them, you know, bless their future, let them understand, and just under, so they'll understand that they're not orphans when they grow up, that they have a God, they have a Father in heaven who cares about them, that they're not forgotten. And just praying for them and just blessing their future in general. Yeah, kind of show them love, you know, yeah. investing to them. Yeah. Help the workers that are working there. Yeah. They already accept me as one of their sons, so mm. <laughs> I'm happy about That's that. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you enjoy house visits? House visits. A lot of times when I think of house visits and we got to go house do house visits, I'm not happy. But after we go to house visits, I'm really happy because you see all the miracles that God's doing. You see how um, there's a lot of times even when we just come to a house. It was on a Saturday. We came to a house. It was our last house. And as we just like 10 minutes or five minutes before we came, there's the mom was cooking rice or something with water, I think beans. And her little baby, she ran inside the, the pot and the pot just fell over her body. And she like whole, her, her whole body was just in boils. Yeah, and we just came just on time to help her out, to give her money for the hospital so they can go right away. When was this? When you guys were gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this yeah. is what you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so that's one thing. Is just, you, you never know what's going to happen. So everything's always yeah. unexpected. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Praise God. You know, it's also one, the house visit is also one of my favorite ministries. It just it seems to be the most effective one. That's when mm-hmm. you can talk to people. On a personal level, that's where you can find out their actual life, how they live, the struggles they go through, mm-hmm. their Christian life, their relationship with God, you know. Yeah. And through all that, sometimes at the end, you know, there's there's always a miracle. Yeah, man. You know, either spiritual healing or physical healing. God is always working through that. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, recently went to a crusade in Burundi. Yes, I did. Um, talk about that. Like, what, what was it like... Um, no, what happened on the way to Burundi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, start from the beginning. So from the beginning, we drove out um, in the morning. It was a 10-hour drive. And as we drove out, um, I started feeling something in my throat. It was weird. It, was an, it started an infection. It started happening right when we started driving out. And as we were driving there, we were about 30 minutes from our destination. And I felt so because we were sitting in a bus and there's a lot of Africans there. And I felt someone was touching my pocket. And that's where my wallet was. And I look back and I see the guy touching my pocket, so I just get my wallet and put it on my like backpack. You saw him? Touch? Yeah, I saw him felt because yeah. he's just touching it. I get my wallet, I put it inside my backpack in front of me, and I was sitting by the door, so I was going in and out of the bus a lot because people had to pass by me. Mm-hmm. And when I, we came to the destination, I had a thought to look inside my backpack for my wallet, so I'm like, okay. So I started looking through my backpack everywhere, I couldn't find it. I started looking inside the bus, I couldn't find it at all. And that person, he stole my wallet with all my, uh, had my social securities, both of my debit cards. I had another missionary's debit card, had money inside there. Oh, no. Yeah, so it wasn't really the best with the infection happening and also with yeah. the wallet getting stolen. Yeah, let's just hope they not, don't know much about social security, yeah, what it is. Done for. <laughs> yeah, so that it didn't really start off the best way. But after that, one thing that caught my attention was the first day of the crusade, there was rain. 
And there are a lot of people that went back home. But there's uh, like um, a good amount of people who just stayed in the rain and just listened to the to the preacher, to Victor Kodatev. And just standing there, even in the rain, just getting soaked and just thinking, wow, that's, that's dedication. Like they actually are hungry for the word. They want more of the word. So that was one of the highlights is just seeing their love for God, the, the hunger that they have for him. And God. just the miracles that are happening. People, a lot of back pain was getting healed. A lot of there's tumors. People were um, blind eyes were seeing and stuff. Did you personally? Did you personally see or experience someone that you prayed for that uh, was healed or something? Um, not really, because you. I was praying for a lot of people. Just running, <laughs> praying. <laughs> they all look the same. But yeah, <laughs> no offense or anything. No, that's understandable. Yeah. Well, it's it's awesome to see miracles. You yeah. know, especially you see how real the God is. You see who you serve. You see who's behind you in everything you do. And that's actually very encouraging to see when someone gets healed yeah. or some other miracle happens in their life. Yeah. But what's your favorite miracle? Um, what's your favorite testimony that you saw with your own eyes? That In Africa? In Africa and America, it doesn't matter what's... It was yeah. in Africa last year in December. We went to the crusade um, with Andre Shapovalov and Victor Kurtiv. When um, it was, I think, the second day or something. And my friend, she was saying how I'm going to be praying for you so you can have a personal encountership with God. So he would use you personally. Mm -hmm. She said that he's 100% going to be using the preacher, but I want so he'd also use you for his glory. And I didn't really think about that. And I started meditating. I'm like, okay, that's true. So I started also praying for that. So God will use me personally. And on the second day, we're, there's a time when the preacher is done preaching. And he tells everybody to go into the crowd and pray for people. And in that moment, um, he said to go in the crowd, and we started going in the crowd and just praying for people. And it was pitch black, it was dark. And there's a moment when he says, um, so we'd stop praying for the people. So they would have their attention on the preacher and the people who got healed. And in that moment, I stopped praying. I started walking back to the stage. And like 20 feet from the stage or like 30 feet, there's a woman who was sitting on the floor while everybody else was uh, standing. And she was paralyzed. And as I was walking by, the Holy Spirit told me to uh, stop and pray for her. So I stopped and thinking, but you know, the preacher said that we can't pray for anybody when um, the testimonies are going on because everyone get distracted. But then the Holy Spirit's like, no one's going to notice because she was sitting down. So I'm like, okay. So I go and start praying for her. I got her hands. I put my head to her um, head and it's just, I start praying this Holy Spirit. And I just look back at her and I see like she's crying. And, and so I never saw those tears before because like in those tears, you can see all the pain that she went through. Like in that moment, I feel like God gave me compassion, like to see what he sees inside of her. And then that the Holy Spirit said, um, pick her up and start walking. So I pick her up and I start walking with her. She's barely walking. I'm holding her the whole time because she was really thin and really weak. And as I was walking, the Holy Spirit said, stop. And as I stopped, uh, the Holy Spirit said to pray for her lower uh, for her lower back. So I started praying for her lower back. She starts to scream like there's fire or something on her back. And then the Holy Spirit says, pray for her upper back. So I start praying for her upper back. She also starts screaming. And as I was done praying for upper back, she just started to run around. She was swinging, she was dancing, she hit me accidentally in the face. And she was running around, everybody, everybody's just screaming. I'm just in shock. I'm looking at the stage. People from the stage are looking at me. I'm like, dude, I don't know what I did. <laughs> and then, like, everybody's just screaming. I tried calming her down, like, get on the stage. And um, the translator was saying that um, she was paralyzed for 10 years and how they carried her on a bed over here. And as, as that happened, I was just... I didn't know what to do. I wasn't, I didn't know if I was supposed to be happy or supposed to be sad. So I just started bawling. I'm like, God, you're so good. Like I asked, so you, you can use me and you use me to heal a paralyzed person. And all glory goes to God. 
Yeah, so that was the big cool. one. <laughs> yeah, I when we did a crusade in Banda in 2015, I remember as you were just talking about this, there was a little boy who came in a wheelchair, and he couldn't walk, and his feet were actually, like, both turned in, so, like, that's why he wasn't able to walk. And I saw him. No one was praying for him, and I saw him, so I came up to him, and I started praying for him. I also heard the Holy Spirit say, like, like, pull him up out of his wheelchair and start walking with him. So I did that, and it was so, like, painful for him at first, but, like, I waited a little bit, and after a while, like, we went forward for a few steps, then we came, turned around, and went back to the wheelchair, and as we were walking back to the wheelchair, he started to laugh, like, smile and just be joyful, like, he mm. could walk. Like, he was still a little wobbly, but... He was so happy that, you know, he was walking. Like That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was really cool. So I know what you experienced. Yeah. Well, I guess in my situation, I haven't experienced much healing at the crusade. Like, I've seen people getting healed and stuff. But me personally, I have not seen that yet. Like, when I pray for a person, they get healed. But what I saw was deliverances and other things that happened at the crusade where God would just make people free. But one of my favorite, favorite testimonies that I like to share that happened with us in Africa in 2015 when we would go to house, but there would always be some miracle happening. And I call this a, a funny miracle because we went to this one lady. We were talking to her and she said that she has diabetes. And every time before we leave, we pray for people. And so we wanted to pray for her. And she's like, well, pray for my legs because they really hurt me. And we started praying for her and after we prayed she's like you guys pray for my legs but i started to see better <laughs> so, you know praise god for that yeah. it's kind of a funny testimony but the holy spirit and god moves in the way that you know that we don't expect he knows better what needs to be happening yeah what's your plans for future like with africa with life what's your goals um so far i'm thinking to do this but we'll see what god wants me to do I want to stay here till December and after go back to America for around one year just to help out our youth, just to um, do as much as I can with God's help to help them get up on their feet and actually start discipling other people, actually sharing the word of God. Because our youth is really struggling because of our church. It's not the, uh, <laughs> how do you say it? They don't really, yeah. I don't know. Say it. Don't say it. Yeah, don't say it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard with them, with the elders, but I know God's going to soften their hearts and he's going to yeah. turn them to the right way. Cool. Um, what would you like say to someone who maybe is listening and has this desire to come to Africa or go anywhere for missions or whatever, just make this big step in their life? What would you, and they're afraid to do it, or they have some kind of fear holding them back what or doubt, what would you recommend? Um, what would you say? I'll recommend just praying. <laughs> praying and fasting and seeing what God's will is and just going for it. Because we have one life, and especially if you're young, just go for it because you, you have so much years ahead of you, and you're not going to regret it if you go. You're going to yeah. see a lot of miracles and wonders happening, and it's going to change your life completely. Yeah. How, did, you, how did your parents react to your decision to come uh, out here? The first time when I came out, my mom was not happy with me because she's like, you know, Africa, the plains, all these things, tribes. My dad, he didn't even know. <laughs> I just <laughs> left because he was on a truck and I was just going. Then I called him from here. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of in Africa. He's like, oh, okay, nice. 
I'm like, can you bless <laughs> That's me? That's cool. <laughs> he's like, can you, I'm like, can you bless me? He's like, yeah, I'll bless you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at first they were really scared, especially my mom. Every week I call her, she's like, do you want to come back? I can already pay for your tickets so you can come <laughs> back. I'm like, no, mom, I'm going to stay here for the rest. And now, the second time when I came here, they're just old for me. They're just supporting me in every sphere and everything that we do. Yeah. So praise God for that. We actually, Vinny and I visited... Um, Vitaly's parents and the other two missionaries that are here from his church. We visited their parents. We had dinner with them. And uh, when I asked if there was anything they wanted to pass on to their kids, you know, since we were coming here, and all they said was tell them to stay there and (laughs) get as much as they could out of God and the people. And then Mm -hmm. when they think they... What a change. (laughs) What a change. Yeah, so it's really cool to hear a parent say that, you know. It is a big, big thing when the family, parents support you, you know, when you know, you're here, but there's people fighting for you at home, you know, on their knees or just, you know, in any way they can, they're always for you. Amen. Yeah. So is Africa scary? Um, depends. <laughs> if you're not connected with God, then yeah, it's scary. Because yeah. even um, just when I came, it was like a week after, I was preparing a sermon about counting the cost and it was Saturday and I was going to preach on Sunday. And as I went to sleep, uh, I woke up and I felt something was crawling on top of me. And as it was crawling from my feet to my um, head, it was taking all of my air out of me. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like a darkness. And like mm-hmm. as it was coming up, I couldn't. I was like, I la- mm-hmm. the more I came up, the less I had breath. And right when it like almost came up to my, uh, as it was by my neck, I said the name of Jesus Christ and it just went away. And I know like if you're not ready for that, obviously it'd be scary for you. But for me, it's kind of motivating. Knowing yeah. that Satan's scared and he's, you know, trying to scare me off. And yeah. so I wouldn't do God's will. Yeah. What do you, do you think that there is like a difference um, between what you experience in the spiritual here than how you experience it at home? Like, talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even here, it's just like normal to do witchcraft, you know, do all these things. Mm-hmm. Over there, it's kind of. It's rare when you hear something about witches and like wizards and all these things. They are there. <laughs> yeah, they are there, but they're just really good at hiding. But here it's more like open. It's more normal to do all these things. Even yeah. pastors, church members, they even do that. Have you personally experienced someone or heard of someone here that um, was into witchcraft and you had to pray? Or um, so far, no, I don't. Th- I don't remember. Last year we. I think you remember last year we had a girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, her. That was pretty bad, too. She was (laughs) nine years old, and um, I think I was preaching, and after they did an altar call, and she came up, and Vanya was praying for her. And as he was praying for her, she fell down and started manifesting demons, and we took her into a room after that, and we started praying for her, and just demons were coming out, and it was really bad. Her story, like, when she was four years old, she got sick with, um, I don't know, a disease that was really bad. It was going to kill her. And her dad was a witch doctor, and he was a Muslim. And he, as he was doing a lot of rituals, and it was he was putting in grinder, like flower grinders or something like that. He was making medicine, and giving some it intersection, to her. yeah, in the road. Or he was doing so much things for that, and so a lot of demons came in through that. And after all that, none of that worked. So he just took her to the hospital, and she got healed. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we started praying for her. And when she was eleven or nine years old, she also got raped by her dad's friend. He was drunk. He came inside her room. He raped her, and then she almost got raped by her uncle one time, and then by her stepdad two times. And all these things, you're just praying for her, and you're like, that's She crazy. was only, like, 13 years old. Yeah, she was hecka young, and, like, you're thinking, like, you're just hearing all these things that she's saying, and just, you know, pissed at the people who raped her, or were trying to rape her. 
and all these things that her dad did to her. And like, even her mom didn't want her in her house. She was trying to kick her out. So just thinking like, all right, you know, she's young. She's like 11 or 13 and she's going through all these things, all these struggles. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. And we were praying for um, deliverance. Um, there was one night when, because we took us like three weeks to pray for her because we would go there once a week um, to the place because of the Mimbo because it's far from here. And as we went there, um, I think it was the second week where the Holy Spirit was just telling me when I got we got home, I was just, it was just telling me to fast for her and pray for her. And I was to be fast, fasting and praying for her. I think it was around, I was praying for her around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And we came back to her, um, back, came back to the church and to meet her. And we were asking her, what, you know, what does she feel different? And she was saying how she can actually finally sleep normally, where she would be sleeping for three days or something. And then now she just slept for a normal, a normal schedule. And she said around 10 o'clock or two o'clock, I forgot when she would be feeling like, um, like fire just inside of her throat, inside of her body, where it was just pushing, like the demons were trying to come out, but they couldn't come out. And that time, that's when I was praying um, at home at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, where I was praying, Holy Spirit, just burn those demons out. Cause I was just praying like, and like just um, in anger already. Just, I was just pissed that the demons are a sign of her. And so that was a pretty awesome experience. So I'm like, bro, I was praying for you at that time. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was frustrating. Cause we were praying for her, like, for hours and like we'd stop and talk and minister to her and then start praying again or even while we were ministering she would start manifesting like for three weeks until finally you know she was free yeah that was really really cool yeah we actually with witchcraft we had a um uh someone came to our house asking us for someone we knew came to our house asking us for money for medicine for his wife who was really sick and the medicine would cost like three hundred dollars and he described it as uh small three small little bottles that natural should, medicine yeah natural medicine and i'm thinking i didn't really think anything of the bottles i was just thinking well that's expensive to pay for yeah. medicine because usually out here it's, it's not that expensive it's cheaper um but anyways, so we uh, we went and got the paper that the doctor wrote out for her, what she needed, what kind of medicine, what she needed to be, what needed to be done to so she could be healed. And we went on a hunt for this clinic that diagnosed her, and we couldn't find it. We literally went to like 10, 12 clinics that day, and it was frustrating because we couldn't find, you know, anyone who um would diagnose something like that and finally we walked into this really sketchy room it's not even a clinic it was like a little room with two other little rooms in it no windows no door the door was like a curtain um and it was so dark and spiritually and naturally it was just (laughs) dark and we felt like um it was just really, really, really a weird feeling. Before we actually walked in, one of the um, women that was with us, she had an urge to pray for wisdom and discernment. And so right before we walked in, we prayed for wisdom and for discernment. And uh, we saw the doctor. We talked to him. We showed him the diagnosis and everything. And um, and he said he, he hardly looked at the paper, but he p- took it and he put it down. And he's like, Oh yeah, I can do anything. We can do anything for you. You just pay this amount and we'll get it done. 
And so we thought it was a little bit strange because we've never experienced a doctor just say, you know, without explaining anything further and just say that he can do it. And there's like the place didn't even look like a clinic. There was just like one little um, shelf of medicine and that's it. Like there was nothing in there that indicated that this was like a place to help your health. And um, so we walk out of there and our translator decides to tell us that, hey, guys, this is like a civilized witch doctor's clinic. Like this is where people come not just for health problems, but for any kind of problems, you know, if they want to curse someone or or get back at someone like you can come here and this doctor will help you do that through witchcraft. And there you go. So we found out that this mama, you know, she was she was so desperate for healing that she turned to witch doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And when we confronted her, it was kind of just like, what did she say, honey? She's like, yeah, I knew that I shouldn't do that. And my husband told me not to, but we just thought, why not to try it? Yeah. So it's a little bit different out here. Like there's not much, um, help you know if some if you have like a severe problem like it's really hard to get the help that you need and even christians sometimes they revert to witchcraft if they're Mm -hmm. desperate enough which is super sad and you know like i think god called us here for that reason to experience what is happening here and to help these people not just get them out of these situations but help them to understand like what going to a witch doctor is wrong like you cannot do that. You know, you're messing with fire. You're playing with fire. Like, really, and to really always bad. point out to Jesus that Jesus is the way out. Jesus is salvation. Yeah. It yeah. seems like you you would assume they're Christian. They know that. But you you guys will be surprised how much they still need to know. And I feel like that's even one of the reasons why we are here. To just, in some ways, point out to Jesus or to pray for people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so is there anything else you want to say, Vito, about Africa, about your life, about your plans? Um, or when are you planning to get married or, you know, <laughs> other stuff? Or when are you plan- planning to make... Of life. Yeah, yeah, that's a Russian question. <laughs> um, when yeah, but another question is, you know, when are you planning to make your million and stuff like that, oh, just simple yeah. things. Uh I had one thing that God was teaching me last year in Africa. I was also at the crusade um, in Ethiopia where um, it would be again when we go out to the crowd and we pray for people. And as we were praying, um, this one woman, uh, she came up with her child and her child was paralyzed from the bottom down. And she said, so I started praying for the baby. And as I started praying for the baby, the baby was completely normal before I touched it. And as I put my hand on her, um, its legs, the baby's eyes completely turned black and it just started like screaming, like yelling, and its mouth was open and was screaming. And that, like when you would be praying, her teeth would just be crunching, and her mouth is not moving. And like she was completely, her eyes were black, mm-hmm. and her teeth are just crunching. And I'm just like, okay, this is sketchy. And it was the right time to go. So the security came up to me, he's like, you gotta go. And I was kind of, I came inside the bus, and everybody's driving back, and I was just kind of pissed. I'm like, God, right? You know, you gave me the chance. <laughs> to pray for this baby but yeah it didn't get delivered and so i was just kind of pissed i'm like you know and then i just hear i'm just sitting there just thinking to myself and i start hearing everybody else's testimonies where people got um blind to see the death here 
like how other par- um, paralyzed people walked. I'm just like thinking, I'm like, God, I'm just sorry. Like, you know, I'm not looking, I'm looking at what you're not doing, but I got to look at what you are doing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I just got caught up. I'm like, God, you know, why aren't mm-hmm. you doing this? But you just got to look at what God is doing inside of your life and other people's lives. Yeah, that's so I just, yeah, I was just happy that I could actually pray for the baby. And I know that God was doing more, maybe even in the spiritual world that I couldn't see, but yeah. I believe that he did more than what I saw. That's a powerful statement because really good point, yeah. I feel like being in Africa, you get discouraged a lot and you look more towards what God's not doing yeah. because you get so much discouragement. Mm. But it's so important to like refocus and remember, you know, like look at what God is doing. Look at where he's moving and what how people are changing and being healed and yeah. you know all this stuff and we sometimes lose track of that so that's really cool it's a that's really powerful. good reminder yeah praise god yeah okay well thanks vito for doing this anytime, anytime. yeah a lot of people will an here and be encouraged and blessed by your testimony and yeah well, what you got? yeah another thing if you guys you know I always, you know, pray for our teams in Africa, pray yeah. for us, pray for Vito and the people who are here, people who will be joining ministry, you know, and if it's some at some point God will put on your heart to, you know, support financially, you guys can always do that. Yeah. God bless you guys and stay tuned for next time.